Amen. Good morning, Return Church. God is good all the time. Amen. It's good to be here to share the word of the Lord with you this morning. And uh, before I begin to share the word of God, I want to give my honor to uh, Pastor Bill and Elizabeth for the great work that they have done here at Return Church uh, to lead up to this time and then also for, yes. And then also Pastor Chad and Rachel and his family for the wonderful work that they are doing here at Return Church. I've known Pastor Chad for uh, 25 years now. We entered the ministry the exact same time. And so uh, I've begun to finally realize after that long I'm getting old. I'm not just getting old, I'm actually already almost there. And so, um, anyway, God is good. It's good to be here this morning and uh, to just share with you the word of the Lord. Good to see everybody this morning. Thankful for much of my family that is here today and um, also for my wife, Angela. I love her dearly and I, I thank you for the work that you are doing here at Return Church. Well, we're going to go this morning to the book of Mark chapter number 4, and we're going to begin reading in verse number 35. I'm not a long-winded speaker. I'll kind of be like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband. I won't hold you very long. <laughs> All right, let's go right to the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sean, for that introduction. And uh, maybe later on today we can race our chargers. <laughs> That's an inside joke. It's a Chad joke. And, uh, but Chad, or Sean drives a Challenger and I drive a Charger. And uh, he doesn't like for his car to be called a Charger. So the other day I asked him, do you have a problem with my car? And uh, he was like, no, it's just, just like the Challenger. So... All right, let's begin this morning in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, he said unto them, Let us cross over to the other side. Can everyone say, Let us cross over to the other side? Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in his boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said unto him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? And then in chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea. Can everyone say, Then they came? 
My message this morning is entitled, I'm Crossing Over. I'm Crossing Over. To someone in this building this morning, you need to cross over to the other side. Let us bow our heads and pray. Dear gracious God, as we enter into your word this morning, I ask God that you would challenge our hearts, that you would challenge our spirits, and God, that we would walk out of this place hungry to do your work. God, may we receive something this morning that challenges us to walk in a new way in your light. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Can we all say amen? Amen. Something that fascinates me very much is a seed. When you look at a seed and the development of a seed and how a seed takes development and how it grows and how it starts as just a little small seed and then it develops into what we are expecting to harvest in harvest time. A seed will go through many things as it is put into the ground. It will reap bad weather. It will reap a lot of rain. It will reap a lot of wind. It will reap a lot of things as it goes through the course of its plantation. But at the end of that seed's life, The farmer goes out and he harvests what that seed began to develop. The seed theory in the known universe, every living thing that came into existence, it came into existence from a past source, usually known as a parent. And then the process of coming to life all once was a stage of being a seed. Be be it a plant, an animal, a human being, an existing form of life, it most possibly once started as a seed. That's how it starts, and more specifically how life begins to start is through a seed. A parent creates an egg, and that egg has a lifespan where it develops into an individual form of a reproduced being. Although we are resilient resilient as humans, in order to thrive, we need a certain environment. Just as different seeds need different things, we as people need different things based upon our personality. But our success is heavenly influenced by our environment. We become products of our environment. Now the fact is, is that we can get out of that and we can become greater than the product of our environment but initially we are products of our environments we have learned also that soil in a living system that means that that soil is more than just dirt it is alive it is interaction of microorganisms and nutrients and worms and water and organic matter We also know that many of the industrial food processes include using fossil fuels as supplementary nutrients. And as those seeds are taken away in the form of food without any waste or organic material going back into the soil and natural cycle is broken. Bear with me for just a moment. I'm going somewhere with this. It is important that we view our environment in the same light. What do we need to reach our goals as an individual, on an individual level, but also as a collective level? 
Certainly, we need to love, have love and acceptance. We need education. We need food. We need water. But let me throw this in as well. We need God. We need the very God who stepped out and said, let there be life, and life was given. The very God that stepped out into the universe and said, let there be light, and the whole world gloomed or came aboard with light. So we need God because God is the one who created the seed process from the very beginning of time. And then we look at the law of the harvest. The Bible said, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. In Paul's metaphor, we are all, every one of us, farmers. Every one of us here this morning are farmers. We scatter spiritual seeds across the field of life, things like seeds of grace, seeds of joy, seeds of love, seeds of anger, seeds of hatred, seeds of self, seeds of bitterness. And as sure as the sun rises, these seeds will begin to bear fruit when it is harvest time. What the fruit produces is determined by what kind of seeds they are. There are two and only two possibilities, and Paul lays it down as a law of nature. He said, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You see, the harvest is our responsibility today. The harvest is not our, the harvest is, let me me rephrase that. The harvest is not our responsibility, only the sowing is our responsibility. We sow the seed and then God gives the increase. Our task is to sow the spirit seed. Every action, big or small, good or evil, is a seed And all spiritual seeds will bear fruit whether that the sower anticipates it or not. And so the seeds that you are planting today is the harvest that you are going to reap when it comes harvest time. I'm talking to somebody this morning that needs a word from God, a rhema word. There are two forms of words that come from God. It's the logos word, which is the written word, and then there is the rhema word, which is the utterance or the spoken word of God. You've got to have a word from God. The difference is, the thing is, is that when you're giving a, given a word from God, there's always going to be a challenge of the word that God has given you. The word doesn't just automatically come to pass. There is a season that you must go through for that word to be harvested in its harvest time. So Jesus said, let us go. In other words, Jesus is with us. His presence is with us. We aren't alone. He's he's on our side as we are going through this thing we call life. Between your word and the other side of the manifestation, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. There's a fight that we must war with, and we've got to stand up in faith and say, God, even though I'm going through this valley that I'm going through, I am trusting that you are with me to walk with me through this trial. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you art with me. 
Moses was so dependent upon the presence of God that he said, if your presence does not go with us, don't take us from this place. You see, strength and honor are in his presence. In Psalm 16 and verse 11, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will go with you through everything that you are going through in your life. You see, there are people who will start out with you and they will say, you can always count on me. I'll be there for you. But when things get bad and things don't look good, you look around and nobody's with you. They're invisible. When you've got money in the bank, you've got friends. But real friends is somebody that will stick closer to you when you don't have anything in your life. I remember in the days when I used to run around and do things and that I shouldn't be doing. As long as I had money, I had friends. But when I didn't have money, I looked around and nobody was with me. It's because they were not really friends. They were just buddies. You need to have friends in life so that as you're walking through life, you can have somebody that can say to you and somebody that can help guide you through the situations of your life. Jesus said, I'll be that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He was there before you had anything. He was there when you didn't have a car to drive. He was there when you, when every time you started your car, it broke down. He was there when you didn't have clothes to buy. God was there for you as you were walking through times in life when you didn't know what to do. And you said, God, I need you on my side. I need you to help me out. God is there in those times of need. And so our scripture says there was a great storm. It says there arose a great storm, which means it came out of nowhere with no warning, with no advance notice. Everything was good. It was smooth sailing. And then all of a sudden, right in his face, right in your face, this big storm comes into your life. Has anybody walked through that in a spiritual sense? Things are going good in your life and things are operating good and then all of a sudden... You hear the doctor's report saying, I'm sorry, but there's nothing that medical science can do for you. Or you're sitting across from your spouse and they say, I want a divorce. Or you're, you, you go to the banker and the banker won't give you the money because you've gone through a bankruptcy. Or you go to work that you've, you've gone to this job that you've worked on for many years and they look you in the face and you thought you had job security and you thought things were going well and they tell you the economy is bad and they look you in the face and they say, we've got to let you go. Those are real trials as we walk through life. I know I'm talking to somebody this morning that you've gone through storms and sometimes the storms come up with no warning and there are storms in every life. There are storms that we have to face. I'm reminded of the tornadoes that come through what they call Tornado Alley, like in Oklahoma and those states. And there's a big difference between those big tornadoes that come and those little storms that come. There's a big difference in the types of storms and those big supercell storms. 
And every day storm might have a little rain, little, little bit of rain and a little bit of wind, maybe some thunder and some lightning and maybe even a little bit of hell. But a supercell can produce softball-sized hell. It can produce 100 miles an hour winds. It can spawn multiple tornadoes. It's always filled with deadly lightning. A supercell storm is a self-perpetuating storm. The longer it lasts, the stronger that it gets. And the Bible says it was a great storm. It was a bad storm. It was a supercell storm. I believe I'm talking to somebody right now that might be going through a storm in your life today and you don't know where to turn and you don't know how you're going to make it through. It's not an everyday storm. It's not just a little storm, but it's a big storm. And judging by your circumstances, it looks like it's hopeless. The doctor says it's hopeless. The banker says it's hopeless. The lawyer says it's hopeless. The marriage counselor says it's hopeless. Your enemies say it's hopeless. And even your friends are starting to agree. But I came to tell you never give up hope. As long as there is a God in heaven, there is hope for your life. As long as you are breathing air, God can change the situations of your life. The Bible says their boat was now filled with water. You see, the devil wants to drown you. He wants to drown you in debt. He wants to drown you with sickness. He wants to drown you in fear. He wants to drown you in despair. He wants to drown you in depression. He wants to drown you in confusion. But I have a word from the Lord for you this morning, and that is that you are unsinkable when Jesus is in your boat. Your word, your destiny makes you unsinkable. The destiny in you is greater than the storm that you're in. The destiny that is inside of you is greater than the storm that you are facing. What do you do when you're in the middle of a storm? You go back to your word and you get your word from God and you, 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 you get that bank on that word that God has given you and you've got to bank on that word and realize that God gave you that word and you've got to profess I'm coming through on the word of God. You see, the devil meant it for evil. The devil meant it to destroy you. The devil thought that he would throw you under and cast you into the sea. But God said, I'm going to turn around the situations of your life, and it's going to turn for the better for God's good. Can we give him a hand clap in this house this morning? The disciples said, Peter, get back in the boat. You can't walk on water. Has anybody ever tried to walk on water in this room? If you did, people probably thought you were a lunatic, a little crazy. But they said, Peter, get back in the boat. You can't walk on water. Have you lost your mind? But Peter said, I've got a word from Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me, come and walk on water. And if Jesus said unto me that I can walk on water, then I am unsinkable. 
You see, you've got to rise up with faith in your life. You've got to have unsinkable faith. The devil has been trying to push you down. He's been trying to hold you under, but your faith won't let him keep you down. All you need is a word from God. You don't need a whole book. You don't need a whole chapter. You don't need a whole sentence. You just need one word from God, and one word from God can change the course of your life. You see, a word from God will do what money cannot do. A word from God will do what education cannot do. A word from God will do what your friends cannot do. A word from God will open doors that are closed in your face. A word from God will change things to turn in your favor. A word from God will hold you up when everything else is falling down in your life. Numbers 23 and verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it, he will not, he, hath he said it, will he not do it? He has spoken it, and it shall come to good. You say, I've got a word from God, but God never said there would never be any obstacles in your life. He never said there would never be any problems. He never said there wouldn't be things that would rise up against you. He never said there wouldn't be attacks on your marriage. He never said there wouldn't be attacks on your body. He never said that you'd never face a financial body a battle. He never said that your children would be perfect and angels and never had any problems. He never said this and he never said that. He just said that as you're going through life, you stick with me and at the end of your life, I will bring you through the harvest season and you will reap bountifully for the things that you have sown. And so Jesus said, let us go to the other side. You're not alone. Over on the other side, you've got to get over it. If you're going to go to the other side, you've got to get over some things in your life. We go through things in life, and some things are not easy to let go and not easy to let go of. But if you're going to go to the other side, there are some things that you have to get over. Somebody lied on you. You've got to get over it. Somebody cheated on you, you've got to get over it. Somebody abused you in some kind of way, in some, you've got to get over it. Your destiny depends on it. To get to the other side, you have to get over the things in life. Your destiny depends upon what Jesus has said, upon your word. Don't let what somebody did to you stop your destiny. It's not worth it, and they're not worth it. No man or woman is worth your destiny. No amount of money is worth your destiny. Look at somebody and say this morning, I've got to get over it. As we move further into our scripture, the Bible said that the boat was now filled with water. Nothing from the outside can hurt you. In other words, nothing from the outside can stop your destiny. It's what you let in that has the potential to drag you down. It said the boat was now filled with water. 
I'm talking to somebody this morning who has let bitterness, who has let resentment, who has let unforgiveness, who has let anger into your boat and jealousy and a critical spirit into your life. And the only way to get to the other side is you've got to get it out of your boat. You've got to get it out of your life. Before it kills you, before it drags you down, before it gets you and destroys your life and destroys your relationships, before it kills your ministry, before it gets you into something that you cannot get out of, you've got to get those things out of your life. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but God said, you've got to get it out. In verse 38, and he said, Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship and he was asleep on a pillow. How in the world could the disciples be so frantic and so scared and Jesus is just laying there asleep, snoring with his head on a pillow? How could Jesus just be there sleeping and resting and be at peace and be calmful and, and in the storm, the same circumstances that the disciples were in? The answer is he believed the word that he spoke. He believed the words that were coming out of his mouth. He professed the word and he believed the word and he knew that he was the word. And because of Jesus this morning, no matter what we are facing in your life, no matter what you're going through in your life, you say, I'm having marital issues or I'm having uh, bank issues and financial issues. I'm, I'm having problems on my job and I'm having these issues in life. It doesn't matter what you are going through this morning. There is a God that is bigger than every problem that you are facing in life. And so Jesus declared the word. He spoke the word. He believed the word. And he said, we are going to the other side. And he believed that the word he spoke was more powerful than anything that he had to go through to get there. He was sleeping on the word. He was resting on the word. He was learning how to rest on the word. But you also need to know how to fight with the word. Sometimes we have to fight with the word that has been given to us. As we're going through things in life in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18, it says, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, by them ye may wage the good warfare. We wage warfare with the word of God. One of the most powerful weapons that you have is your prophetic word. The word doesn't give you any, doesn't do you any good if it's just buried in a dresser drawer. It doesn't do you any good in a binder with 150 other prophecies. You have to put that word into your mouth and you have to declare the word. The Bible said in Job 22 and verse 28, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established unto you. I need to tell somebody this morning that you need to quit sitting around and waiting for somebody to just give you a word. I believe in the prophetic word, but God wants you to know that you are a prophet of your own destiny today. Just like Ezekiel in the Valley of Bones, nothing changed until, until they, he first started prophesying to those bones. 
I can prophesy over you till I'm blue in the face. The pastor can prophesy to you. But until you stir up the faith and open up your mouth and prophesy to your own dry bone conditions, nothing is going to change. You have to wake up and prophesy to yourself and begin to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what the trial is. I don't care what I'm going through. God that liveth on the inside of me is greater than the weapon that is formed against me. And so it's time to wake up. You've got to wake up the prophet inside of yourself. I want to remind you, you've got to make it. It's critical that you make it. Because there's somebody on the other side of the storm whose life depends upon you making it over. There is somebody who is bound and you are the one that's going to set them free. Someone is sick and you're going to lay hands on them and they're going to be healed. Someone is suicidal and you're the one who is going to speak the word in season and restore hope to them in the darkness of their lives. Somebody is going through a great storm of their lives and you're going to share how you made it through and how that they can make it through if they don't quit. I've got to make it because somebody's life is depending upon me crossing over to the other side. Let me read a little further in Mark chapter 5. I wasn't going to read all of these verses, but it says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who is dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often was, had been often bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. And the shackles broke in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with the stones. But when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not, that you do not torment me. For he said, Come out of the man, the unclean spirit. You see, this man was on the other side. If he had not have made it to the other side... Jesus would never have been able to have performed the miracle of casting out the demon that was in this man's life. You see, I've got to make it not just for myself. I've got to make it for my children. I've got to make it for my brothers. I've got to make it for my sister because somebody is following behind. And if I don't cross over to the other side, they're not going to make it. The Bible says there were other little boats that were with them. 
Somebody is following you. Somebody is watching you, and you've got to make it for somebody who is still in the enemy territory under the satanic captivity. Somebody's been praying, and you're the answer to their prayer. Somebody's been waiting for you to show up and to deliver for their life. You can't go under. You can't drown. You can't quit, and you can't give up. As our praise team returns to the music this morning, everything you see and everything you feel and everything you hear is threatening to take you down, but you're going to make it. And when you get to the other side of your testimony, your testimony is going to be a lifeline to somebody who feels it's impossible who feels their dream, their vision, their hope will never come to pass. You've got to make it. Somebody is depending on you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're addicted to drugs, you're addicted to alcohol, you have an addiction in your life and you say, I'm not able to get over it. I just can't release it. I can't let it go. There is a God here for you this morning that is able to help you release that out of your life. He's able to help you overcome that situation that you're going through. Maybe you're facing a, a, a hardship in your life. You're going through something super big in your life and you don't know how you're going to pull through and how you're going to come through. God is here for you this morning to help you through your situation. As we all stand in this building today, just take somebody by the hand for just a moment as we start to worship and just, just for a moment, just pray with one another. Just pray for each other. Speak life into that person. Maybe it's your child, maybe it's your spouse. Pray, through, pray for them in their situation. Let them know they're going to make it. Speak to them that you can't go down, you can't go under, you've got to make it. Hallelujah, God, we give you praise in this house this morning. God, we thank you for the power of your spirit. God, it's your spirit that is able to break yokes in this place. No man is able to do it. No man, no woman has the ability to do so only by your spirit. And God, right now in this building, there are those that are carrying baggage, hurts of past, past mistakes, past hurts, past disappointments, past things in their life that has caused them to become bitter, to become angry, to become resentful. God, I pray over this house this morning and I pray that in the name of Jesus, there would be a release of your spirit that would break the baggage in people's lives. Release that right now, God, into the lives of people. God, let your spirit manifest right now. Let your will be done. This altar is open this morning. If you say, I need salvation. Maybe you need salvation in your life today. 
Salvation can be received right now. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you're going through a situation in your life. This altar is open. Please feel free to step out and we will pray with you today. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Move across this place today, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we sing and worship,